Hello and welcome to the Driven by Diversity podcast. I'm Mariana. And I'm Steph. And every week we shine the spotlight on underrepresented groups in the world of racing. Our guests share their journey into the sport and also delve into what diversity and inclusion means to them. We hope that we can provide you with real role models who you can relate to and who represent you. And more than that, that you'll feel inspired and encouraged to know that you can make it in motorsport, no matter your background. Infatuated with dirt bike riding as a young child, today's guest found her love for drifting in her teenage years to then soon follow her father's footsteps as a stunt driver. Having acted as stunt double in productions such as Black Panther, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, more recently, the Batwoman TV series, this performer is passionate about showing black females that you are in no way limited to your race and gender, having never let this deter her from following her path. Also delving into the world of content creation with a successful YouTube channel, our guest combines her love of all things automotive with filmmaking and photography, alongside her role in the stunt world. It was so, so good to hear from the ever so lovely Brie Lynch. Your love for all things automotive started when you were younger. Can you tell us what it was that triggered this interest? Oh my gosh, yeah. So I got my first dirt bike when I was three years old because my dad was a professional motocross racer uh, growing up. So he gave me my first dirt bike when I was three years old and I started riding when I was three, got really familiar with it. And then I started racing by the time that I was six. So I feel like at this point, like motorsports are kind of in my blood uh, from a very young age. That's super cool. (laughs) Thanks. And what was the journey from that point to where you are now? Did you always have an interest in it or did you drift away a little bit and then find your way back? Motorsports were always a part of my life, especially since I got my first dirt bike at three. And then I just literally started collecting dirt bikes after that. Um, I just like <laughs> started getting really interested in them. And then I wanted to start racing quads and stuff like that. So I got really into just everything with dirt and an engine essentially right away. Um, and then later on in life, I actually ended up tearing my ACL like three times in a oh, time God. span of four years. Yeah. Yeah. It was like very early out of high school and already had three knee surgeries. So kind of, yeah, I veered away from motocross after that. And that's kind of when I fell into cars because I felt like I was safer inside the car, you know, because I'm not going to tear my ACL sitting in a car. So, (laughs) you know, if I can protect myself and still enjoy what I'm doing at the same time, that's the perfect combination. And I happen to really love cars. I started off, um, drifting and my first car was a little stick shift so of course I tried to learn how to do donuts and that like right away (laughs) amazing so nowadays you've got your hand in a few different areas of motorsport so with content creation stunt driving and photography as well Mm -hmm. how is it that you made that transition from you know your your involvement and enjoyment in dirt bike and, and drifting to sort of using it as a profession as such and can you talk us through some of those some of those roles that you enjoy yeah sure so I guess having motocross and drifting was kind of a perfect combination to become a stunt driver I really fell into stunt driving it wasn't something that I ever chased down of course my dad is a professional uh, stunt driver as well so Mm -hmm. I did follow in his footsteps I always knew that it was a career path that was kind of open for me but I still had to put the work in to get there But I think growing up doing all these different motorsports and just getting my hand in drifting at a very early age, I think it kind of set me up for success in the stunt driving world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't even know it at that point in time. I was just doing the things that I love to do and trying to get as good at them as I could possibly be uh, so that I could kind of bond with my dad in that way. So 
eventually I ended up working on this movie called Creed back in 2014 is when they were filming that. Um, and I had gone home to Philly um, to visit my mom who lived in New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey, moved to California after high school. But regardless, I went back to, to Philly with my dad to go visit my mom and I was just going to hang out with him on set. And um, when I was on that set uh, of Creed, they needed another person like for the rehearsal for, you know, to ride a motorcycle. My dad was like, oh, just put my kid on the bike. And they were like, okay, where? He was like, she's right there. So um, <laughs> so I joined in on the, the formation of motorcycles because they were just rehearsing. We weren't actually filming anything. Yeah. It was literally to get everything together before the shoot day, which was going to be like two weeks later um, at that time. And uh, the director fell in love with the idea. He's like, she can wheelie just like all the boys and like she can ride the dirt bikes just like all the rest of them. Why don't we put her in it if she has her SAG card, which I already had. So I literally just fell into it. After that, I continued working and getting phone calls because people realized that I could, I, I fit a very specific niche mm. um, that I'm sure we'll get into later. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I fit a very specific niche that everybody was looking for. And I guess it was like sought out. So I just kept getting phone calls and that's how I am where I am now. I'm still getting phone calls. Yeah, that's super interesting. And as you say, we we will go into that deeper later on. Um, in terms of your other roles within photography and content creation, can you talk us through some of those as well? So photography was something that I felt that I found at a very young age. I found photography probably when I was like 13 or 14 because I was trying to help my dad um, edit this video because when I was like 12 years old he came home from work one day and he was trying to edit this stunt reel is what it's called basically you put all of your stunt driving work together in one video for a coordinator to review it should yeah. be like a minute to two minutes long just like a kind of like a highlight reel for them it's like a resume but mm. on video so he was trying so desperately to edit this stunt reel and it was taking him forever he was working on it for like five days and I was like what is this guy's problem I want him to come outside and ride motocross with me. so I downloaded the editing program on my laptop and decided that I wanted to help him so that he could you know hurry up faster and like help me come and ride my motorcycle so um I kind of fell in love with editing first so I kind of fell in love with filmmaking and photography backwards I started off editing Okay. And then eventually I ran out of footage and I was like, okay, now what? And my dad was like, you need to make your own footage, <laughs> edit. And I was like, okay. So thankfully enough, he had a camera already. Um, somebody uh, had given him this Nikon D300S and he had it. It was just sitting around collecting dust. And he was like, here, figure out how to use this. And you can like make movies with it and stuff. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I figured that out probably by the time that I was like 14 eventually went to college for filmmaking and photography. Uh, so I've been making videos probably since I was like, 14 or 15 years old, oh, like brilliant. making everything completely mine, you know, yeah. from footage mm -hmm. to editing to everything. And um, I studied filmmaking independently in high school for my last two years of high school. And now I make YouTube videos. It kind of all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I kind of fell into that. So everything sort of just fell into place with that one then and and that's how you got there. But you've got um, quite a unique experience compared to a lot of our other guests that we've had on the podcast. We haven't had many people who are content creators and stunt drivers and photographers. What sort of tips would you give for people who are looking to get into the content creation side on YouTube or whatever it might be, but within motorsports or the automotive industry? Like, do you have any tips for people that might be listening? Okay, so one huge tip that I like to give to people when they decide that they want to start a YouTube channel because they want to capture their automotive lifestyle. First of all, when I started making films and movies and stuff, nothing had anything to do with anything that I was doing. So I've been in front of the camera and like I practiced like vlogging for a while. 
I yeah. did so many other things involved with it though. I didn't have my motorsports world like intertwined with my camera world yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. It took me forever to realize that I could combine the two and do exactly what I wanted to do. But uh, something that I always suggest to people is if they're going to get in front of a camera for the first time, it is scary. It's really weird talking to a lens and trying to talk to it like it's a person. But um, you just have to start. Like even if you just start on your phone, you start small by like making your own stories on your Instagram or whatever. And you're actually talking to the camera, trying to engage with your audience. And then if you get an actual camera, your first couple of videos, you're probably going to look super uncomfortable and that's okay. But you have to film them even if you don't edit them like even if the videos don't go anywhere you have to film it so that you can get comfortable because the more often that you practice it the better you're going to get at it and the more natural you're going to look and then eventually you're going to be like oh I actually like how I look and like I don't sound weird and like I have my thoughts put together and everything (laughs) let me like put this on the internet you know um and don't be afraid of the internet people say that the internet is like a really cool place it's not people are so supportive there's so many more people that will be supportive of you rather than like Mm being negative towards you, you know, and being mean to you, you just have to ignore the negative people because the people that support you will take care of those people for you. Just ignore them. That's really useful advice. And I like the fact that you actually wanted to highlight there that it's not all bad because we hear so much about like trolls and everything like (laughs) that from people. Um, So it's nice to have that reminder that there are more people who are supportive than people who are out there just being nasty. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy is like people don't read their comment section on their social media. Like, cause I think they're scared yeah, that they're yeah. going to get, you know, negativity and like trolls mm-hmm. and stuff. Like you have to read your comment section. Cause number one, that's how you're going to get better. If your audience wants to see something else or they have constructive criticism, like you have to like, you have to read, you know, you have to see mm-hmm. what it is that they want you to do. And you also have to see like, you know, you have to see the support too. And then if somebody does say something negative, it's probably a form of constructive criticism. That's just like a little bit meaner than you would like it to be. And you have to read that, and detach emotionally so you can get better. <laughs> Another helpful tip there. Um, staying on the positives, what have been some of your best experiences that you've had across, you know, stunt driving, photography, content creation? Like what are some of the highlights when you look at all the bits you've done? Hmm. So I think content creation wise, if I had to say, what are the, some of like the positives that I've gotten from that? First of all, recently on YouTube, I blew up like literally within the past week and a half, um, I like doubled in my subscriber count, which was crazy. And I had, yeah, I had like literally within like maybe five days of this current. Yeah. It's been crazy, but, um, it was, it was really nice because I think a lot of people came to my channel and they were very surprised by what they saw. So they were really supportive and just like kind of mad that they didn't find my channel sooner. So it's been really nice to kind of get that energy back after I've been putting in all this hard work into my channel for two years at this Mm. point. Um, So I really like that. And another thing that I really enjoy is when I get nice stories to read. I get a lot of people that email me like kind of their story. I had somebody email me the other day, tell me that their four-year-old daughter watches all of my videos. (laughs) I'm doing a a giveaway on my YouTube channel right now. So they're basically just telling me that what they would do if they won the giveaways, they'd give that to their daughter. Uh, So I had them email me their address and I actually want to send her something even if they don't end up Mm. winning. I have this really cool pink steering wheel that I had in my car. It was the first Uh steering wheel that I had in my car. It's like a custom-made steering wheel, like pink and glittery and everything. And I just want to send it to her because it's just on my wall right now. It's not doing anything. I'd rather her have it if she like, you know, finds me to be a role model or looks up to me, so... Yeah, absolutely. And that's so important as well. And that's such a, you know, actions like that really go a long way, especially if, you know, she already sees you as a role model, someone she can look up to as well. 
Yeah, imagine like if you're a kid and you're watching somebody like on TV or on YouTube or whatever and you watch all of their stuff. Imagine if your favorite TV show character like gave you something yeah. personally. Could you imagine yeah, exactly. that? Exactly. At that, <laughs> that age as well. Crazy. Exactly, Aww. exactly. So, yeah, I hope that she can hold on to that and just kind of use that for whatever she wants, you know. That's really, really sweet. Um, what was it that made your subscribers double recently? Like, was there anything in particular that caused the spike? Or was it just like, what what caused that? There was this one video that I made, okay? I made a two minute and 30 second long video of another YouTuber's car um, that yeah. was parked outside of my hotel. And I just like literally made a video on their car and I left a note on their windshield that was basically just like, hey, let's collab. And the (laughs) internet like just took it to a whole nother wave. And like I got a whole bunch of their fan base come over to me and it was just, it was crazy. It got shared on like all these different YouTube channels. I was like, what is happening? This is the least amount of effort I've ever put into a video. (laughs) This one is like two minutes and 30 seconds. The rest of them are like almost 20 minutes long. And like I edited that in like a night. I went outside, filmed it, came back, edited it the same night, put it up. I was like, whatever. And like there it is. Now it's yeah, crazy. <laughs> That's brilliant. That just goes to show it's not always the things that you put all the thought and effort into. Sometimes it's just the off the cuff things that you do. Yeah. And look at that, it's just blown up completely. It's true. Like you have to do it anyway. If you have an idea, you should just execute it. You shouldn't like yeah. sit on it, wonder if it's good enough. Just do it. You yeah. know, because if that takes you to another level, people are gonna see all the hard work that you've been putting in for all these years anyway. And they're gonna use that to fall in love with you and your channel and who you are, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And kind of like, if you want to do it, just do it. Don't try and second guess what other people want. If that's what you want to put out, you put it out. And um, exactly. Yeah, that's just evidence of that. That's cool. (laughs) Awesome. One of the projects that you've worked on, um, we had a little look on your website, and we thought it was really awesome. I mean, you've been involved in lots of cool films and TV shows and those kind of things with stunt driving. But one that we sort of picked up in particular was Black Panther because it's such a key film, such an important film for representation. Firstly, run us through your involvement on that film. And then secondly, can you just explain to us like the importance for you that you felt working on such a key film? Okay, so personal level of involvement on that film if I'm talking about my personal life rather than like my professional life of actually what I did on Mm -hmm. that show I was trying to be in college at the same time that we were filming that okay (laughs) I was taking online oh my gosh like full-time online student for photography and filmmaking like I said and um it was I was I was working in South Korea I actually ended up having drop out of school because I couldn't submit oh. my finals on time. My finals were done, but I couldn't submit them because I had no internet. Oh, no. So it like, yeah, it was a little bit of a journey for me because I just finished my semester. I was like, okay, cool. I'm good. And like, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, these on time. Great. I like tried to explain to my teachers and they were like, oh, yeah, no, we can't. Uh, <laughs> Not getting enough that one. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, we can't give it to you early because you could give the final to another student. Oh, another yeah, student yeah. Late because then you could have had the answers already. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm at work. I can't feel my car right now. Like I can't, like I'm doing a car chase in South Korea. Can you please work with it now? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel in my heart that I would have done well on the final though. Like with the answers that I had, I all my effort in. That's what the matters. That's what the matters. You know, you would have done well. <laughs> oh my God. My dad was so mad. He was trying to convince me to not like do full-time school when I was on that job. And I was like, I can do it. I'm an overachiever. <laughs> not a good idea <laughs> definitely should have listened to him um 
but yeah, working on that show was, uh, was really, really interesting. That was my, I believe that was my first time working out of the country for work. I worked out of the country a lot since that job. I think it was definitely a groundbreaking job mm. for me as it was a groundbreaking movie. I didn't yeah. realize what was going on when I was working on that movie. I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to drive this car. And like, you know, I, I knew that it was a big deal because they were flying somebody to South Korea. I think I was only 19 when I worked oh, on wow. that. Wow. Yeah. I was like 19 years old. I'm pretty sure maybe 20. And um, yeah, I knew that it was a big deal because they like flew me to South Korea. They mm-hmm. had three cars there like rigged for me to do whatever it was that I needed to do. Wow. I knew that it was like going to be this crazy car chase. Didn't have a whole lot of information, but the stunt coordinator literally had called me a month or two prior, which never happens. I usually get called like two days b- before. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I really need your help on this show. Like, I need you to make yourself available for me in two months. Like, mm-hmm. can you promise that? I was like, yeah, I mean, call me. He's like, no, like, I need you, <laughs> like, you know, oh, wow. to be available yeah. for me on the show. And I was like, okay. Um, so I don't think that I realized the impact that that, that movie was actually going to mm-hmm. have on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um Honestly, I don't think I did my research either. I'm not like super big into superheroes or anything. So I don't think I really realized what was going on until after the fact. Then when I watched the movie for the first time, I was crying. I was like, I was in that. Like I was a part of that. That was crazy. It was insane. It was nuts. I, yeah, I think that the impact of that film is just so long lasting. And obviously we've seen again, everyone's outpouring after the passing of Chadwick, which is obviously really, really upsetting, but brilliant that you were actually a part of it. And what, what do you think that film has, what do you think that the impact of that has been not just widely across, you know, the globe as we've seen, but the trickle down effect onto industries and this big push for diversity that we've seen recently? Honestly, I feel like Black Panther had a huge part in the amount of diversity that we're going to be seeing very soon in, you know, the movie theaters and on TV Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And I'm only saying that because of how much I'm working now versus how much I've been working over the past couple of years. Really? Over the past couple of years. Yeah, you could see me working, you know, once a month, maybe twice a month or whatever. And I'm talking about sometimes it's only a day long shoot because they only Mm. need a stunt driver for so long. The whole movie doesn't revolve around the car. So they shoot me out basically the entire day. Like they take the whole day, dedicate it to driving, use me as much as they can. Then they send me off and that's done. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes there's other shows they need me for more like three weeks. I think South Korea, I was there for like a, a month, just about. Mm. Um, but yeah, they just try to shoot out all the driving stuff as much as they can because it's expensive and it's dangerous and they need a bigger crew yeah. and more yeah. safety and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, even if if back then, before that movie was actually released, I was maybe working like two times a month, which mm-hmm. is pretty average for some performers now. I'm like very high demand in comparison to that, which just means that there's more diversity coming up because obviously I'm needed more often and being a woman of color, Mm. I'm doubling people. I'm a stunt double, which means that there's more women of color on TV at this point. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's super, that's really, really good. And it's it's great that that's starting to have that trickle down effect, as Ariana said. And, you know, you are starting to see more diversity Mm. in the industry that you work in. Sort of relating to that, the very nature of stunt driving is that you are behind the scenes. So, you know, n- people aren't going to see who the, the stunt double is. But how how diverse currently is the stunt scene? Stunt driving world is still primarily white male, for lack of a better, you know, terminology. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. still primarily, like, white male. Um, so what I'm noticing more often and often in my industry at this point is that stunt coordinators are really um, 
having to seek out other types of stunt performers, which is good. So I feel like mm-hmm. the stunt performers that don't necessarily fit in that little box of the usual stunt performer, the usual, you know, stunt world are now finally getting a chance to work, which is good. And yeah. it's also good because it's making us want to train even harder so that we're prepared for that job. And yeah. even when we are working now, what happens when they have, you know, a black you know, person on screen, that's a main character, that person needs their main stunt double, which is mm-hmm. great because now we have a main stunt double working and then we have mm-hmm. another double just in case of the main stunt double isn't available or yeah. got sick or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's, it's really good. And I'm glad to see that it's trickling down. I think that it's definitely going to open uh, the world of the stunt community's eyes a little bit to all these other performers that have been here or that are new or that are talented that they didn't even know that they had in the first place. So I'm excited for that. I've seen a lot of more people get um, this thing called Taft Hartley into the industry. It's basically like when you're not union and you're just a person that's never worked in the movie industry oh, before. Okay. They're kind of grabbing these people with special talent that sometimes they're just finding on the internet or they're finding through mm-hmm. word of mouth or whatever. They're grabbing them from their normal life and they're like, hey, you want to work on a movie? And then they're like, yeah. And they just literally are like, okay, we're going to get you your SAG card. We need you. Come over here and do this now. That's you amazing. Know? So it's, it's really cool to see that's all these brilliant. new people coming in. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, that's a fresh talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really, that's that's really good. Yeah, and it just shows <laughs> as well the how the internet has really opened up accessibility to, well, to a lot of industries. But when we're talking about our industry in particular, yeah, it's just really enabled anyone really who has a passion for mm-hmm. something to get involved in what they want to, which is really really great. Something that I really like about the fact that these new people are being brought in as well is that. I guess to the older generation, it's finally showing them that social media is a little bit important because mm. they always thought that it was really like stupid, you know, that we spend so much time on our phones. And I'm like, <laughs> look at what social media just got you. You would have never found that person yeah. if yeah. they didn't have, you know, 20,000 followers, 50,000 followers, whatever. You would have never found them. And if I wouldn't have shown mm-hmm. them to you, like on my Instagram, like here, take this person and look at them, look how cool they are. You would have never known, you know? So I, I really like that a lot. And it's starting to I think it's even starting to open up a lot of like industries eyes too, because I worked on a Kia commercial recently. Um, I did like three Kia commercials in one. And when they found out like that I had a social media following and everything, they actually put me on an additional contract for social media. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they made me like the face of one of their commercials and stuff. Like, it's just, it's finally like, I'm like, everything's coming together mm, for everybody. Yeah. The gears are turning. Like, here we go. This is what I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, you know? So yeah, it's good. That's really promising. Hopefully that this continues and the opportunities keep coming your way and other people's as well. And we get a whole new fresh range of faces in and the doors open for lots more people. And you mentioned that, you know, part of the reason that you got into this industry is because your dad was in the industry and that opened the door to you when you were quite young. But there's probably a lot of other people who wouldn't have that visibility to the sport. What sort of things do you think can increase the visibility of the industry that you're in to other young women from ethnic backgrounds or underrepresented backgrounds? Well, what I like about the stunt industry now is that it's kind of more out in the open. Years and Mm -hmm. years and years ago, the stunt performers weren't even supposed to be talked about. People weren't supposed to know that stunt doubles existed. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because you wanted to believe that the character in the movie was doing all of that stuff. You didn't want to know, you know, that it's a whole different person doing that. 
Um, but recently, I mean, you know, I think the stunt industry has just kind of opened up, especially because of social media and because of behind the scenes and all these different TV shows and stuff like that. It's just becoming more relevant that we're real people too. Mm, yeah. <laughs> also our job. So I really like that. Uh, I guess like the world is kind of opening up and opening their eyes a little bit and not keeping everything so shut behind the door. Uh, stunt performers are currently trying to make sure that we can also get nominated to win awards every year because oh, like yeah. we're putting our life on the line to make movies. So you know? true. Slightly get some recognition and, for that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like sometimes, you know, the makeup artists and the, the wardrobe people also get awards and like we still don't. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's a touchy subject for a lot of stunt performers, but we're working on it. And um, I just really hope that as time goes along that people do realize that this is also a career because the kids that are doing these, you know, extreme sports or they're doing like these really intense sports and, you know, motorsports and stuff like that, I feel like this is a perfect world for them. And if they mm -hmm. realize that at a younger age, they'll probably continue keep, to keep doing the sport that they're doing and not only have, I want to be a professional motocross racer mm. or I want to be an F1 yeah. driver. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. so many other avenues. So at that point when they realize that, okay, maybe I'm not going to be a, you know, a F1 driver, or maybe I'm not going to do formula drift, but I still have this and this and this that I can mm -hmm. do. Yeah, this. for sure. So it'll probably keep them, you know, going for a little bit longer, I would hope. Yeah. That's yeah. something that both Ariana and I are really like passionate about pushing the fact that there are so many avenues and opportunities within this large industry. It, you know, it's not just, you know, as you say, F1 drivers or whatever, there are so many other opportunities and it's just about showing people at a younger age or, you know, we're not even at a younger age, you know, whenever, like mm -hmm. you can change career whenever, you know, all of those different opportunities available to them so that they know what is there and uh, they can go and um, strive to do, to do that if that's what they're passionate about. I mean, yeah, it's true. Like you're just opening another door for them. It's like when people go to college for marketing, marketing for what specifically? No, yeah. you're just going to college for marketing. Yeah. You can do so many different skills. things with mm -hmm. marketing. Exactly. So if you stick to what it is that you have right now and you keep studying marketing, you know, so to speak, yeah. or you keep studying your motorsport, you can do so many different things with that. You're not limited to what you're able to do. You know, it's not such a small little box anymore. It's a little bit of a bigger box that has the lids open. So. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Definitely. So we talked a little bit about it earlier with the lack of diversity on the stunt scene as it stands at the moment, but obviously it's getting better. But sort of growing up once you realized that's what you wanted to pursue you know when you you mentioned that story about your you were on set with your dad did mm -hmm. did the lack of diversity in the industry ever put you off pursuing that dream or you know following that path oh my gosh absolutely not absolutely <laughs> not I have literally been sticking out like a sore thumb since the moment I was born <laughs> and I'm so used to that but um something that I do have to thank this industry for is to, I guess, I guess for teaching me how to embrace that rather than being so worried about it all the time, because I've always known that I've stuck out like a sore thumb throughout my entire life, just because of the different things that I would do. I did gymnastics growing up. There's not a lot of black girls in gymnastics either. I raced motocross. There's no girls in motocross and there's no black people in motocross. And then on top of that, there's no black girls in motocross. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I've always, I've always stuck out the type of music that I listened to. Like it was just always something, whether it was the way I dressed, the music that I listened to, sports that I did, didn't matter. I always stuck out. But I think that once I became a stunt performer and I realized that the fact that I did stick out like a sore thumb is what was getting me the work. 
I was like, oh, this is a good thing. Mm. And then I finally started embracing it. And that was probably only over the past, like, I'd say like four years, maybe that I really started like just embracing like who I am and just getting over the fact yeah. that I stick out. doesn't really bother me That's a me really more. good way to look at it actually. Yeah. Like your differences actually will make you unique and you should actually embrace them and your the opportunities that you can get that other people won't be able to because uh, you're the one that's different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't got to worry about you, you or you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is such an important piece of advice though. Like that is... That's brilliant for anyone listening who might feel that they need to look a certain way or be a certain way, act a certain way. Absolutely not. You do you. Like, you know, do what you want to do, be who you want to be because someone wants that. Mm -hmm. And you know what's crazy is like I've even seen this happen outside of my direct professional industry. Mm. Like even when I dip into drifting, uh, I've had a couple of girls message me on Instagram. They're they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just like all guys at the tracks. I just want to go like learn by myself first and then, you know, I'll finally work my way up to doing an event. I'm like, no, screw that. I'm like, why are you like, why are you going to do that? They are going to help you if they see that you need help or if you ask for help, they're going to be more than willing to help you in the first place, especially because you're different on top of that. And the drift community specifically, there's so much camaraderie in that little niche of a sport. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. people are, they're, they're happy to help. And I even at this point have started working my, you know, my difference between me and other people into my sponsorships. That's even something that I, you know, sometimes bring up to them as well. I'm like, how many, how many girls do you sponsor? Like, uh, I'm like, right, exactly. I'm like, well, there's not a lot of girls in the sport. I'm like, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know here to change that. Yeah. Because that helps them get more recognition too. Because if people are already have already got their eyes on you, you know, they've also then got their eyes on your sponsors. So that's such a key selling point. Exactly. Yeah, I tell them. I'm like, you don't have to be a male to drive a car. That's the cool <laughs> thing about Preach. being in a car. It's like we are literally all the same. There's no reason for girls not to drive cars. There's no reason for girls not to drift or get into, you know, mechanic kind of work or anything like that because it's all the same. Like, you don't need to be strong to do it. You don't need to be 6'1". Like, you can be whatever size you are, whatever color you are, and get in the car and do the same thing and outdrive them if you want to. Like a lot of motorsport enthusiasts, Bree's interest in the industry started at a young age. It all began with dirt bikes and drifting, and now she's managed to secure so many incredible experiences stunt driving in Hollywood movies, commercials, and TV shows. What I took from the first part of the conversation was when Bree had her initial break in the stunt world on set with her dad, and the coordinator automatically assumed that she would be a boy, showing the stereotypes are, or were, quite prevalent, but preconceptions like that are hopefully starting to change now. Yeah, they do seem to be, slowly but surely, and it's so great to hear that she's getting so many more experiences. As like Bree said, it just shows that there is more and more black female representation in the entertainment world, and the opportunities are opening up. Another part of Bree's role in the automotive world sees her put out regular content on YouTube, which is gaining popularity with subscribers by the day. With currently 11,200 subs, her biggest piece of advice for any budding content creators is to continually practice your craft even if no one is going to see it, as it's the only way you'll get better. Make sure you check out Bree's content on YouTube and also on socials at Helmet Hair. We'll put the handle in the episode description. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at We Are Driven by Diversity. That's all from us. Subscribe, rate and leave a review. And thank you for listening. Yay!